Hello dear listeners, welcome to Radio Mushtar FM 89.6. Today in the studio we are uh, Francesca and Lucas and uh, we are talking about uh, indigenous tribes in the Amazon rainforest. We know that numerous tribes of indigenous people live in the Amazon, but most likely it was never inhabited for uh, 3000 uh, years before Christ. These uncontacted tribes are not backward and, primit and primitive relics of a distant past because they are our contemporaneous and they constitute an important part of human diversity. Indigenous people are the best guardians of their environments and consequently their lands are rich in resources. And I think they are very able to live At the, in a deeply contact with nature and to be autonomous. But today, the Amazonian uh, tribes retain many of their centuries-old traditions and customs, but their habitants is seriously uh, threatened by deforestation and land use. Honestly, I think that these populations can teach us that uh, even today it's possible to live in a very different way from uh, the Western one, And these populations live for the day and don't know the notion of time or of accumulating wealth, no? And goods circulate from one tribe to another as the demonstration of power lies in the ability to offer. So maybe we can learn more and more about uh, this. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, I agree with what you said because, um, well, first of all, it's true that they live uh, like us thousands of years ago. So we are not living anymore in this way because we evolved. But uh, in a way, I think maybe yeah, we forget how to be really in contact with nature and how to realize what have importance or not. Because they live, like say, day to day, they construct houses, they collect food, and that's all. They don't have any superficial thoughts, I think, about uh, that we can have us. So maybe when they are not uh, attacked, or I don't know, by our kind of people, they are maybe happier than we are in general. So yeah. Yes, and um, for example, um, the pandemic, No, was and is still now uh, a challenge for uh, civilization population no? and um, it um, shown us uh, um, that we are not so able to manage uh, our everyday life and the situation <laughs> okay but um, I find uh, out more about these uh, tribes because um, the tribes of uh, indigenous population in uh, Amazon are very numerous and some of these are the Tupi uh, were one of the most important indigenous peoples of Brazil. Uh, scholars believe that they initially settled in the Amazon rainforest but uh, 2,900 years ago they began to spread south and gradually occupied the Atlantic coast. Uh, the Tupi were divided into several tribes, constantly at war with each other. In these wars, the Tupi tried to capture their enemies to kill them later in cannibalism rituals. Uh, warriors captured by other Tupi, uh, Tupi tribes were eaten because they believed that such an act would lead to absorbing and digesting their strength. 
Therefore, in fear of absorbing weakness, they, cho they chose to sacrifice only warriors, no be strong and courageous. For Tupi warriors, even when captive, it was a great honor to die uh, violently in battle or die in the festivities uh, leading up to their sacrifice. The Tupi have also been documented uh, to eat the remains of their rela relatives as a form of their honor. The phenomenon of cannibalism rituals among the Tupi and other tribes of Brazil has steadily declined after European contact and religious intervention. When Cabeza de, Vaza, de Vaja, Spanish conquistador, arrived in Santa Catarina in uh, 1541, for example, he attempted to ban the practices of cannibalism in the name of the King of Spain. Very distant from us. <laughs> And then we have the Terena, an indigenous people of Brazil. Their traditional language is uh, Terena. They live in the states of Mato Grosso, uh, Mato Grosso do Sul and San Paulo. The total population is around uh, 16,000. Uh, then we have the Caraya, also known as the Aini, are an indigenous tribe for the Brazilian Amazon. They live in an area of uh, 180 miles long in central Brazil, in Goiás, Mato Grosso, Pará, and in the provinces of uh, Tocantins. They currently reside in 29 villages in the Araguaia River Valley, near the lakes and uh, tributaries of uh, the Araguaia and Javé rivers. At the beginning of the 20th century, there were approximately uh, 55,000 Karaya. In, 19, in 1999, they dropped to uh, 2,500, um, 3,000 uh, individuals. And then we have the um, Yequana, a tribe of the tropical rainforest that speaks the Cariban and that lives in, on the rivers Caura and Orinoco in the regions of Venezuela, in the states of Bolivar and Amazonas. In Brazil, they live in the northeast of the state of uh, Roraima. In Venezuela, the um, Yequana live together with their former enemies, the Sanuma. A subgroup of the Yanomami. They live in common houses called Atta or Et. They have a circular structure with a cone shaped roof made of uh, palm leaves. Buildings an act is considered a spiritual activity in which the group reproduces the grass cosmic house of the creator. Well, so they are so spiritual, no? Yeah, and I'm learning that a lot of things that they are doing in general have a signification even when you're saying that they eat the other people. It's all not just like this, it has a signification because they think they absorb the strength of their enemies or to honor their friends, for example. So all have signification. So yeah, it's good. And uh, then we have the... Arawaks are a group of indigenous people of South America and historically the Caribbean. In particular, the term Arawak is attributed to the Lo Locono tribes of South America and the Taino tribes, who historically lived in the Greater Antilles and in the north of the Lesser Antilles, Antilles in the Caribbean Sea, who spoke the Arawakan language. Okay, um, the Taino uh, have become extinct since the uh, 16th century, although many people in the Caribbean have Taino ancestry. 
There are around 10,000 Locono who live mostly in the coastal areas of Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, and French Guyana, and many other Locono descendants uh, through the region. Unlike many indigenous groups in South America, the Locono population is growing. The Hawa or Guaya uh, are an endangered group of Indians living in the eastern part of the Amazon rainforest of Brazil. There are about 350 members and 100 of them have no contact with the outside world. Their language is part of the Tupi-Guarani family. They originally lived in settlements but adopted a nomadic lifestyle, around 1,800, to escape the incursion by Europeans. During the 19th century, they were increasingly under attack from settlers who cleared most of the forest uh, from their land. From the mid-1980s uh, onwards, some Awa have moved to established settlements, but for the most part they have been able to maintain their traditional way of life, in which they live entirely in the forest, in nomadic groups of a few dozen of people, with little or no contact with their side world. And finally, there are white Indians. Uh, the first sightings and encounters in the Amazon rainforest with the mysterious white-skinned natives occurred in the 16th century by Spanish missionaries. These encounters inspired Percy Fawcett's journey into the unexplored jungle of the Amazon region of Mato Grosso. Various theories uh, have been proposed since the early 20th century uh, regarding documented uh, sightings or encounters. Among the white Amazon Indians, there are the Paracana, who live in Brazil, and uh, the Ache, called Guayaki, by the local tribes who live in Paraguay. And so, uh, these are some of the numerous tribes uh, who live in uh, um, the Amazon rainforest. But what are the interactions between these different groups? Um, we know that each linguistic group tends to share some characteristics rela relating to the typology of the territory they occupy, the mode of production and the type of cultural materialism. For example, virtually all ethnic groups of the Arawak, Cariban and Tupi families occupy areas of tropical rainforest, use agriculture extensively and build canoes, hammocks uh, and pottery. On the other hand, the Ye ethnic groups usually live in the grasslands, have little agriculture and, do, and don't build canoes, hammocks or pottery. However, they have a more complex social organization. Scattered among agricultural villages deep in the jungle, live under gatherers who belong to minor linguistic families, such as the Nadahup, Piraha and Guaribon families more or less the direct descendants of the first hunter-gatherers. Some groups, particularly those that rely on agriculture, are particularly aggressive and prone to attacking their neighbors. However, symbiotic relationships exist between different groups. For example, the Tucanons, who are based on agriculture, trade with the Nadahup, who are hunter-gatherers. The latter provide animal 
meat from the forest and po poison obtained from fish, and in return they receive tapioca, flour from the Tucanon plantations, as well as pottery. Thus, uh, the Nadop are considered inferior, inferior by the Tucanos and are not uh, considered in the in inter-ethnic marriage as the Tucanos do with the other ethnic groups. So, uh, in many cases, they can uh, collaborate together, no, and uh, exchange products or uh, food, but uh, they know that they are different, no, between groups. Yeah, yeah, I saw that uh, a lot of different tribes know their surroundings, so they know that uh, it exists other tribes near them. Also, a lot of them know that it exists like uh, our world, if we can say that. Even if they don't have contact, they sometimes they saw some signs that it exists something else, so they know, but they don't want any contact sometimes. So it depends. So do you think they don't uh, need each other? Mm, it depends on people, I think, because I also saw some, some facts about some tribes or some people who are living almost alone in the jungle during a lot of times. So maybe when they realize that there are some other people and that their lifestyle can be better, okay, they realize that it's good to do that. But maybe they can also think that uh, they are good alone and they don't need the others. I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. But um, how they can live? What, they, what does they eat? <laughs> well, most Indians, if we call them Indians, Uh, live in settled villages by the rivers and grow vegetables and fruits like manioc, corn, beans and bananas. They also hunt and fish using plant-based poisons to stun the fish. Some tribes use shotguns for hunting, others use bows and arrows, spears or blowguns with dust tipped with curare. Um, what else? We can say that only a few Amazonian tribes are nomadic. They tend to live deep in the forest, away from the rivers. They grow some crops, but rely more on hunting and gathering. Today, most Indians in the Amazon have access to Western, if you can say that, healthcare and education. When these are controlled by the Indians themselves, they are usually very successful. So this means that today, even if Uh, some tribes don't have any contact with uh, the rest of the world. Some, a lot of them, the majority of them have, and some of them, let's say, collaborate. So they use things of our world, but they keep their lifestyle. And how they can communicate each other? Well, we, you probably already heard about, for example, Amazonian languages. But uh, Amazonian languages is the term used to refer to the indigenous languages of Greater Amazonia. This area is significantly larger than the Amazon and extends from the Atlantic coast all the way to the Andes, while its southern border is usually said to be the Parana. The region is inhabited by societies that share many cultural traits, but whose languages are characterized by great diversity. There are about 330 extant languages in Greater Amazonia, and almost half of which have fewer than 500 speakers. Meanwhile, only Wayu has more than 100,000 speakers, about 300,000. 
of uh, 330 total languages, about 50 are isolates, while the remaining ones belong to about 25 different families. And most of the posited families have few members. It is this distribution of many small and historically unrelated speech communities that make Amazonia one of the most linguistically diverse regions in the world. The precise reasons for this unusual diversity have not yet been conclusively determined, but Amazonian languages seem to have fewer than 10,000 native speakers even before the invasion of European colonists through havoc on the societies by which they were spoken. Despite the large-scale diversity, the long-term contact among many of the languages of Greater Amazonia has created similarities between na many neighboring languages that are not genetically related. So it means that most indigenous Amazonian people today are bilingual or even monolingual in Spanish or Portuguese because Brazil and all the countries around the Amazonian forest speak in general Spanish or Portuguese. And many Amazonian languages are endangered as a result because if they are learning or integrating some Spanish words, for example, in their languages, their own languages, first language that they were using before, is disappearing. Um, Lucas, for me, it's, ve it, it's very beautiful and um, I'm so happy to knowing that there are so many different languages because the language of a, popula a population is um, a way to, to show and, uh, and to be the authentic part of the population no? because the way reflects the the language the language uh, reflects the way of thinking no uh, of a population and the fact that they can uh, um conserve the their amazonian languages for many years and i hope this in the future uh, can be happen uh, i don't know for me it's very uh, it's very interesting i i would like to to go to Brazil and uh, and maybe I don't know um, knowing as, as they they live I don't know maybe it maybe it's um, a touristic contact so it's not the better way to to know yeah I understand your point I think I'm quite the same as you on this and I also think that languages are an important part of uh, culture in itself of this population and if they have each tribes or almost have their own languages It means that they have their own way of living, way of thinking, and that's what makes interesting also. Yes, yes. But unfortunately, the situation is not too much happy. Why? Because of uh, European invasions. Because almost all the Indians' problems revolve around land. Outsiders, it means us, because we are outsiders, uh, either want their land, or something on or underneath it. The key threats are a massive boom in oil and gas exploration, rampant illegal logging and the rapid spread of ranching and farming. Time and time again, contact have resulted in disaster for Brazil's uncontacted tribes. These very isolated peoples have no, not built up immunity to diseases common elsewhere, which is why they are so vulnerable. It is not unusual for 50% of the tribes, so half of the tribes, to be wiped out within a year of first contact by diseases such as measles and influenza. 
the Maltese population, for example, fell by half following contact when both young and old, including most of the shamans, died from introduced diseases. So apart, I think that's not the first problem when we think about the Amazon tribes. I think we think first about, uh, well, the destruction of the forest in itself. Uh, mm -hmm. But we don't think about when we try to make contact, we introduced diseases and a lot of these people died because of this. And so five centuries after the first Europeans entered Amazonia, many Indians are still dying at the hands of outsiders and entire tribes continue to face the threat of annihilation. So there are tribes all over the world who have decided to remain isolated from national society or even from other indigenous people. And in, other, in another recent example of their sheer isolation, um, the last surviving member of one tribe in Amazonia was filmed after more than two decades of living completely alone in the jungle. He is the only survivor of an uncontacted tribe whose six other members were killed by land grabbers and farmers. I think it's a sort of social experiment, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe also he didn't know that some other people exist or because if For example, uh, farmers, like we said, from our world. I said our world every time, but it's, you understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, killed the other people of his family or tribe. He maybe didn't want any contact. But uh, yeah, so he lived during two decades, 20 years alone in the jungle. Wow. Yeah. But that does not mean that these tribes remain undiscovered or unchanged. Most are already known about and however isolated, all constantly adapt to their changing circumstances. Many have occasional, sometimes hostile, contact with neighboring tribes. And like we said at the beginning, they are well aware of other societies around them. They often fire their bows and arrows at helicopters or planes that make contact with them. So yeah, there are many reports about when a plane or a helicopter is used flying just above a tribe and contacted tribes, they are shouting with arrows at the helicopter because for them it's a threat. This example for me may is good to understand how it works a bit. So they are afraid of us? Of yeah, yeah. And that's very understandable. I mean, if they lived all their life and uh, their parents, grandparents and ancestors before alone and this lifestyle, Uh, first of all, they have no clue about what's a plane. Mm -hmm. Maybe you see a white man and you think, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. I don't know. But uh, up until the 1980s, the Brazilian government tried to establish peaceful contacts with uncontacted tribes. The aim was often to assimilate them into mainstream society and metal tools were often used as a means of luring them from their areas. But this often led to violence and disease outbreaks among the tribes people, like we said before. And these undetected tribes living in Brazil do so under the protection of a government agency called, uh, I don't know, FUNAI. And the neighboring indigenous groups and FUNAI often work the rough whereabouts of such groups. And since uh, 1987, The FUNAI has had a department dedicated to uncontacted Indians 
whose policy is to make contact only in cases where their immediate survival is at risk. Otherwise, no attempt at contact is made. Instead, FUNAI seeks to demarcate and protect their land from invaders with its protection posts. So, from this year, it changes. Uh, uh, at the beginning, it was to make contact with these people, and then it was to well, block the contact from other people of the outside to come inside. They want to let them alone. And that's better, I think. So, we can say that uncontacted people must have a right to decide whether to live in isolation or not. But in order to exercise this right, they need time and space to do so. They will only survive in if their land, which they have a right to under international and national law, is protected. They should be allowed to live in peace, free from fear of extermination and disastrous contact. Contact should only happen when our isolated people decide that they are ready for it. But unfortunately, civilization popul population um, are not... Uh allowing this uh, for pollution, for uh, uh, climate change, for uh, different kind of problems. But I, I think among this, uh, the main uh, popular problem in the Amazon rainforest is deforestation. Yes, and deforestation of the Amazon rainforest experienced strong growth between 1991 and uh, 2004 reaching an annual forest loss rate of uh, um, 27,433 square kilometers in 2004. Although the deforestation rate has slowed since uh, 2004 with re-accelerations uh, re in uh, 2008 and uh, 2013, the remaining forest area continues to decline. The Amazon rainforest accounts for more than half of the planet's remaining rainforest and uh, is the largest and most biodiverse stretch of tropical rainforest in the world. 60% of the forest is contained in Brazil, followed by Peru with 13%, Colombia with 10%, and with smaller quantities in Venezuela, Ecuador, Bolivia, Guyana, Suriname, Suriname and French Guyana. The livestock sector in the Brazilian Amazon, boosted by international beef and leather production, was responsible for around 80% of all deforestation in the region and around 14% of total annual deforestation in the world. And it's the world's leading cause of deforestation. In 1995, uh, 70% of the land formerly in the form of forest in the Amazon and uh, 91% of the land cleared since 1970 was converted to cattle red ranching. Much of the remaining uh, re deforestation in the Amazon has been done by farmers to obtain land for small-scale substance farming or for mechanized production of soy, palm and other crops, as we know. Very well. And uh, <laughs> what uh, will be the future of the Amazon rainforest for you, Lucas? Mm, for me, uh, if it continues that way, there will be no future for the Amazon rainforest, but destruction. Because I don't know if you saw, but a few days, maybe weeks ago, I saw a news that uh, now, because of deforestation and all that, the Amazon rainforest is emitting more uh, 
carbon dioxide than that it's uh, taking because we we often say that uh, the Amazon rainforest is very good for the environment because the trees are taking a lot of carbon dioxide but uh, the fact is that now uh, just a few weeks ago because of deforestation now the Amazon rainforest is emitting more dioxide carbon than taking because when you are cutting and then burning the trees all the carbon dioxide that the trees have taken is in the air again so now it's not good for the environment anymore so if they continue to do so it will be worse and worse and probably accelerating even more the climate change and so that's not good and for me if we want a future for the amazon rainforest governments need to do something and uh brazilian government because like you said it's 60 percent of the amazon rainforest which is in brazil but we can still try to participate to youth things i don't know actions to pro try to make action to protect this but uh, i think for the forest in itself and also for the amazon tribes who was the full of the subject for today uh, the future will be difficult and i think that uh, it will be soon i mean in the next years next few years there will be a lot of changes or good or bad i think for me but for example about i'm an indigenous tribe in the amazon rainforest uh, robert walker who is an anthropologist at the university of missouri argues non-contact with these tribes is untenable because everywhere you look these are these pressures from mining logging narco-trafficking and other external threats, he said. My worry is that we have this leave them alone strategy. At the end of the day, the external threats will win. People will just go extinct. So like I said, for him, if we do nothing and let them alone, other people will not let them alone and they will die. Yes, I think it's necessary a collective, a worldwide action and not just of the... Yes, it's important local government uh, act, but um, we need a global. I would like to focus about rights of these uh, um, Amazonian tribes because for me, uh, local population and the whole world must uh, be able to benefit from an intact and vital Amazon rainforest. So a balance must be struck between social equ equity, economic development and the protection of ecosystems. And uh, it's on this aspect that the work of the WWF uh, focuses. The quality of the water, the flow of rivers and the natural fluctuations in level due to the season, as well as the connection between the main water courses should be preserved and insert a supply of the population because it's their right to live well as us. So, Lucas, thank you for this topic and uh, 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 thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us. We will waiting you for the next for another show and uh, bye bye